Proverbs, and we're going to start there in Proverbs, I think, uh, 19, actually 18, Proverbs 18. And uh, we're going to start a new series this morning uh, about your words, about your words. Now, I heard how you responded during mom and dad. I'm just going to have to say that's not going to work for me. So um, I, I preach better when you respond better. You get more out of the service when you respond better. And uh, we're going to have a great day, but I'm going to need you to go with me and stay with me and respond to me and, and say amen or oh me or oh my, whatever you got to do. Uh, but we're going to talk about words this morning. We're going to start this new series, and I, I'm very excited about it, but you got to stay with me for you to get everything you can out of this message. So I'm going to need it in your response level today. And we're going to start, and this is going to kind of be an introductory message to this series on your words. We'll start in Proverbs 18 and verse 20. Proverbs 18 and verse 20 says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Well, if you're taking notes today, the title of my message, real simple title, is The Power of Your Words. The Power of Your Words. Now, now this message, some of you have never heard on a message on confession or the power of your words. And many of you have heard messages about the power of your words. But really for us as human beings, but especially as believers, the difference between victory and defeat is in your mouth. Uh, there's a lot of Christians that are wondering why. Well, Jesus said he came to give us life and life more abundantly. And, and we're supposed to be living this abundant life. Why don't I live this way? You don't live this way because you don't talk that way. It, it's just that, that simple and that easy because there's power and authority in your words to change your life. And it says death in life, that's a scripture, is in the power of of your tongue. Death and life is in the power of your tongue. So you can't expect there to be the abundant life of God when you speak death constantly out of your mouth. Because death and life is in the power of our tongue. So we're going to talk today about the power of our words. Now let's put up this scripture again in Proverbs 18 and verse 20. This is the verse before what we just said. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. And from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Let's stop right there. So this verse is attached to the next verse. It says, a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. Do you realize the term, you're going to eat those words, is scriptural? They got it from the Bible. And the truth is, all of us in here are eating our words every day. So the question is, how does it taste? Well, my life stinks. You're eating your words. My life tastes bitter. You're eating your words. My life's not the way I want it to be. You're eating your words. 
Because it says, a man or a woman's stomach will be satisfied with the words of their mouth. And notice, from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. All of us in here, we have to be brutally honest with ourselves and understand that what we are experiencing today is what we said yesterday. What we are eating today is what we said yesterday. So if your life tastes bitter, it's because you spoke bitter words. And if your life tastes sweet, it's because you said sweet words. Because a man's stomach will be satisfied by the fruit of its mouth. But notice this verse is attached to the next verse. So verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love it will eat its fruit. So we realize that there is power in your words. There is authority in your words. It all starts in your mouth. The difference between victory or defeat is in your mouth. The difference between life and death is in your mouth. And if I sound intense about it, it's because it's a matter of life and death. Pastor, chill out. It's just words. It's not that big a deal. It's actually the biggest deal. It's actually the most powerful thing. And people treat it so flippantly. Like it's not a big deal. It's not life and death. It is. That's what the verse says. Death and life are in the power of our tongue. And we choose the life that we have. So just think about this. And I'm not saying this to condemn you. I'm saying this to convict you. How does your life taste? Because you're eating what you have said. You're eating your words. The good news is it could taste bitter today, but it doesn't have to stay that way. It could taste nasty and ugly today, but the good news is you have power and authority in your words, and you can change what you're saying. You can change your life by your mouth. You can change by the power of your tongue. You can change your life and start eating some good food, some, some faith food, some health food, some sweet food, some abundant life food. But you're only going to eat that if you speak that. So there's power and authority in our words. Notice death and life is in the power of the tongue. Do you realize this is not just something that applies to Christians? And we're going to go deeper in this in a second, but God created us all human beings who are made in the image and likeness of God, and we all have a power and authority in our words, whether saved or unsaved. So it works for everyone, this principle. This is not just exclusive to Christians. That's why if you do any research and you study any, if you see any people that are successful, you read any books on business or growth and change, or you read about anybody who's actually doing something with their life, any leadership books, all of those books talk about your words in your mouth. Some of those people do not even know God, but are successful because they speak 
positively. Because it works. Because God made us that way. So there's power and authority in our words. Now, now why does it work? Because God gave us all authority in our mouth. So there's even people that don't even know God that are applying these principles and it still works for them to a level because they speak positively. They speak words of faith even if they don't know it's faith. You read any of those books, they talk about speaking, speaking positive words over yourself, over your family, over your finances, over your company, over your home because there's power in your words. Now, where did they get that? They got it from the word of God. Because God's ways are always right. And God's word always works. Even for the unbelievers in certain principles like this. Let's read it in the message, these two verses. Proverbs 18, 20, 21. Words satisfied the mind as much as fruit does the stomach. Good talk is as gratifying as a good harvest. Words kill and words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Who chooses? Notice what it says. Death and life is in the power of our tongues. They can kill or they can give life. But we choose. We choose. So let's, let's get a little bit deeper into this. You guys ready to go with me deeper into this? There's power in your words. Well, where did we get this power and how did this all start? Well, let's start with God. That's a good place to start. Since he was here before us, uh, let, let's start there because we get this power and authority in our words because God made it that way. And, and we serve a God who, who is a God of faith. And He's a God of faith, and he created everything we see from nothing. And he's a God of faith, so he's an example, but faith is released through words. Now, this is what it says in your Bible. Let's turn here, because we're going to go somewhere, and I need you to stay with me. Hebrews 11 and verse 3. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. But notice it says that God in the beginning, before there was us, he's a God of faith. And it says that we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now you've heard this before and dad said it. He said that we live on a word planet. That this wor world that we live on, planet earth, was created by words and is sustained by words. But actually we're not just living on a word planet. We're living in a word universe. And if you do any study, scientists have found out that the universe is still expanding 
as I speak to you this morning in southern Indiana. The universe is still growing and stars are still being formed and planets are still being formed and galaxies are start being formed because a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, God said some words. And when he created and said some words, his words are still working and still creating. Even though we don't see it necessarily on our planet, God's words are still creating this universe. And it's scientifically proven that this universe is expanding as we sit here right now. Because God never told it to stop. When God said it all those how many ever years ago that was, in the beginning with Adam and Eve, and he said that the universe would start, it hasn't stopped because of his words. Not just his thoughts, not just his feelings. He had to say something because there's power in your words. And the worlds were framed by the word of God. So not only is the universe expanding And we live in a word universe. We live in a word planet. The reason that this planet is still spinning is because of his words. The reason that the rivers are still flowing is because of his words. The reason the mountains are still here is because of his words. The reason there's still oxygen on this planet is because of his words. The reason that you are breathing today is because of his word. The reason that there's animals here is because of his words. And his words are still working and sustaining the world and the universe. But it's his words. Because there's power in your words. There's power in your mouth. There's power in your tongue. And death and life are in the power of the tongue. You're saying, well, that's God. But God said in the beginning, let us create man in our image, in our likeness, and let them have authority and dominion. So yeah, it's God, but God said he made a man in his own image and likeness, just like him. To operate like him, to live like him, to have a relationship with him. And it said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them have dominion and subdue the earth. But how does that dominion and subduing happen? It happens through our words. The power of our tongue. And because we're made in his image and likeness, we have to use our words just like he used his words. It says in the beginning, and I'm not going to quote to you all these verses on here for time's sake. I want to keep going. But it says in the beginning, the first couple chapters of the Bible, after it says he created man in his image and his likeness and told mankind to have dominion and subdue the earth, which would be through his words. He said he created man and he formed him 
And, and translators get it wrong because they said he became a living soul. But in the original language, it says he became a speaking spirit. <laughs> because God was creating something that was different than the trees. God was creating something different than the mountains. God was creating something different than the monkeys. God was creating something different than the birds. God was creating something different than the whales. God was creating a speaking spirit that was just like him. Because God is a spirit, and if we're made in the image and likeness of God, we are spirits, and we exercise our dominion by speaking. You see, well, the animals can communicate too. Not like us. Well, trees kind of know how to, no, uh -uh. not like us. They are not speaking spirits that are eternal. So we're not just like animals. We're not just like the rest of the creation. We're different. Because we're created in the image and likeness of God, who is a spirit, so we are spirits. But he said, the thing that's going to distinguish you from everyone else is you're a speaking spirit. Just like me. And you're going to release your words just like me. And you're going to have power and authority in your words just like me. And you're going to release your dominion and authority in the earth through your words just like me. Are you guys getting something so far this morning? And the universe and the world that we live in is still listening for words. Because death and life is in the power of our tongue. You guys receiving this so far? You're saying, well, you're elevating man. No, God elevated us. It was God who created us in his image and likeness. It was God who gave us authority. It was God who made us a speaking spirit. It was God who said, you have authority and dominion. Now you go do it with your words. And when we live that way, we are honoring God as our creator. Because we're living in the fullness of the reason he created us, to be like him. Do you realize the biggest lie that the devil said to Eve was, if you eat this, you will become just like God. They already were. Come on now, somebody. They already were. They weren't God, but they were just like him. In his image, in his likeness. But faith is released through words. It's released through words. You guys still here today? Really, whatever we believe, we speak. Whether that's good or bad, positive or negative, our faith is actually being expressed even when we're talking wrong because we really believe that the wrong things are going to happen. I want you to know this morning that no words are neutral. There's no such thing. Oh, it's not the big deal. I'm just talking. <laughs> no. 
No words are neutral. And if you realize that, you would guard your mouth a little bit more. You'd be careful what you said a little bit more. Because no words are neutral. You either get in agreement with God by your words, or you get in agreement with the enemy with your words. And whatever you speak, you give permission for either God to be involved in your life or the enemy to be involved in your life. Because you have power and authority in your words. Let's look at Proverbs 13 and verse 3. In the Passion, it says, guard your words and you'll guard your life. But if you don't control your tongue, it will ruin everything. Guard your words and you will guard your life. But if you don't control your tongue, it will ruin everything. So words are so important. There's so much power and authority in your words. Now I want to go back to this idea that we were talking about, about God in the beginning. God formed the world and the universe by his words. And like I mentioned a second ago, he created us just like Kim as his speaking spirit to have authority and dominion. That's what it says in the first few chapters of your Bible over this earth, over our lives, by our words. But we see an example on how to do that in the first few pages of the Bible because God shows us how he releases his faith is how we should release our faith. So let's look at Genesis 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God Then God, then God, let there be light, and there was light, verse 4, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Now, let's jump back to verse 3. Then God said, just, we're three verses into the whole Bible. So what do we see here? God is giving us an example to us on how to release our faith when life and circumstances don't look the way it should. You just need a heads up. You are living in a fallen world. And you have an enemy who is the God of this world. And your life is not going to be rainbow sprinkles and puppies and kittens. So what do we do about that? Give up? Get disillusioned? I thought my life was going to be a fairy tale. God, God never said that in his word. Now you live in a fallen world with, with an enemy. But there's something that we, he has given us to overcome. And to change things, and it's our faith, but our faith is expressed through our words. So God, in the beginning, looked out, and it says that the earth was 
without form, and it was void. That wasn't what he wanted. And if God was like us, he would say, man, it's dark. Sure wish I had some company. Kind of lonely around here. Sure is dark. Sure is depressing out there. I'm just quoting your Facebook status, guys. That was real. Not denying that. But faith calls what you want, not what you have. (laughs) Faith calls into existence the things that you need, not what you see with these eyes. Faith is in the unseen realm. And God has given us an example. Hear me today. What do you do when your life doesn't look the way it should? What do you do when things seem dark? What do you do when your health isn't the way it should be and your mind isn't the way it should be and your life feels depressing and your life feels anxious and your kids are on the wrong track and and everything is against you? What do you do when life doesn't look the way it should? you got to be just like God and be a God, God-like when he wants something to change, he releases his faith through words. And he doesn't speak what he just feels and sees. He talks about what he wants to see, what he believes to see. And the next verse said, and God said, let there be light. He spoke the opposite of what he saw. So he would see something different. God spoke the opposite of how he felt right then. So he would see something different. Because many of you say, well, I'm just, I'm just keeping it real. Keep keeping it real. And you'll be keeping it depressed and keeping it broke and keeping it sick, and keeping it grumpy, and keeping it critical, and keeping it complaining, and keep it defeated. So keep it real. Actually, in reality, there is a higher truth in a higher realm that's realer than what you feel and experience. So actually, God's word is keeping it real, and you're not. All right now, somebody. I'm just keeping it real. I'm just telling the truth. It's how I feel. It's my truth. This Bible said, let God be true and every man a liar. Your feelings are liars. Your circumstances are liars. Your body is a liar. Your mind sometimes is a liar. The devil is a liar. God is real and God is true. Everything else is subject to change. I need to say that in 2020. I had to say that in 2020. With all this nonsense that people are talking, you need to know this. No, God's word is real and true. Not your feelings. Not your thoughts. 
not even something you read a book in college about. God's word is true. Just keeping it real, man. I'm just being true to myself. No, you're not. No, you're not. And if you want to keep making excuses for yourself, your life will remain the same. And you will blame everyone else for it, but it's your own fault in your own mouth. No, God gives us an example. What do we do when things look dark and not the way we want? We got to speak because there's power in our words. Are you guys hearing me today? I didn't offend too many of you, did I? Well, you got to hear what I'm saying because it's the truth of God's word. You got to speak what you want to see. But notice it says, God said, let there be light, which was the opposite of dark. So you know what? Tomorrow, if you feel depressed, you need to say, the joy of the Lord is my strength today. And I am at joy and I am happy, and I'm excited about today, and I choose joy today. Well, I don't feel that way. You got to say something different if you want something different. And when God saw darkness, he said, let there be light. Tomorrow, I, I just, I'm tired. I don't feel good. Yeah, all of us have felt that way. Probably last week. But you got to say something different. <laughs> if you don't want that, you got to say, let there be light. How do you say that? I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. And the healing power of God is working in me. And as my day is, so shall my strength be. And the strength of the Lord is upon me. And God's grace is in me. And I have power and strength to do everything God has called me to do today. And I am healed in Jesus' name. You're speaking a higher truth and a higher reality. Many people never get there because they refuse to say something different than the way they feel or what they see. But once again, God showed us this example on how we, as his creation, should handle these circumstances. On how we should speak our faith. And release our faith. Can we, can we go a little bit further? So in verse 3 it said, God said, let there be light. And there was light. In verse 4. And God saw. Here's, here's the challenge for all of us who live in this planet who are ruled by our five senses. <laughs> the Bible says faith works like this. God said, and then God saw. Most of us never get there because I'm not going to say anything till I see something change. You'll never get there. I'm just waiting on something to change. Then, then I'll say something different. No, no, the, no faith, the principle of faith in your words works like this. You got to say, 
and then you will see. You got to speak to the mountain, and then it will be removed. You got to talk to your mind, and then the, the change will come. You got to speak to your body, and then the healing will come. It doesn't work. You see it, and then you say it. Because if God was working off that principle, he would have just kept saying, it's dark, it's dark, it's dark, it's void, it's void. No, faith is released in our words, and the God of faith who lives on the inside of us and has given us his authority says, no, you use your faith like this. If you see things in your life that don't line up to my word, and that are not lining up for what I paid to give you at the cross, your redemption. You have every right to stand on my word and speak life and not death. And call what you want into existence. Don't speak what you see and what you feel because... Those things are liars, and they're subject to change. Speak a greater truth and a greater reality to bring it into your life. But like Proverbs says, you choose. We all choose. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't look at your pastor. Don't look at your husband or wife or kids. No, you choose. We all choose. Because death and life is in our tongue. You guys follow me so far today. But God had to say before he saw. God had to say before he saw. I want to give you another example of Abraham in the Bible. Romans 4. And I'll give you a little context for this. Romans 4.17 Here's another example of your Bible of a man who is called by God, Abraham, who we know as the father of our faith, who gives an example of how we should use our faith. We see Abraham in the Bible was promised a son. He was promised a son because God said through Abraham will come many sons. And many sons, nobody went to kids' church? All right, I was just going to let it hang out there and see who remembered. But Abraham was promised that he would have a promised son and out of his family, all the nations of the world would be blessed. But at the time, Abraham didn't have any kids and couldn't have any kids. His husband, the husband or the wife in that situation, Abraham or Sarah. But Abraham was a man of faith. And he used this principle because God showed it to him. Romans 4 and verse 17 says, As it is written, I have made you, he's talking about Abraham, father of many nations. In the presence of whom he believed, God, who calls life to the dead 
and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now let's go back to verse 17 and we'll stay there. Notice what it says. It's talking about Abraham. I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed God, who calls life to the dead. Why? Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. And calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Stop. That's what God did in the beginning. He called those things which did not exist as though they did. There was nothing, and God spoke something, and something happened. Light was. Planets were. Stars were. Animals were. Mountains were. But when, before he said anything, there was nothing there. And God is a God of faith, so God uses his words to speak. And he says, he called those things which did not exist as though they did. But we see a real life example in your Bible of a human being doing the same thing. His name's Abraham. And all the rest of the heroes of the faith in the Bible. But Abraham did that exact thing. He did not have any kids and could not have any kids. But God said, you're going to be the father of many nations. And you know, when God called Abraham father of many nations, his name wasn't Abraham. It was Abram. But God changed his name to Abraham, which means father of many nations. So every time Abraham introduced himself he said I'm the father of many nations he didn't have no kids he couldn't have any kids you say well Abraham how could you do that because he was calling those things which did not exist as though they were just like God called those things in the beginning into existence are you hearing what I'm saying today He's a real-life example, and it says Abraham is the father of our faith. And we should walk in the steps of our father Abraham. Now, lest you think this happened overnight, it took Abraham 25 years from the time he started to the time he had that promised son. And God waited Till he was real old. And Sarah was real old. You know why? So that no one could deny that it was only God who did that. This wasn't an accident. They weren't just young and it happened. No, no, no. Not only could they not have kids, but they were real old. But for 25 years, he called those things that did not exist as though they were. Every time he said his name, he said, I'm a father of many nations. Think about how many times in that day and that time, because they were very social, communal people. He saw people all day, every day. And every time he said, Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. He said, father of many nations for 25 years. And then the promised son, Isaac, came. Because that's how you release your faith through your words 
And you call things that you want into your life. But notice, once again, he didn't call just something random. He called the Word of God. Because you can't just call anything. No, God gave you a right to call what he said you could have. So Abraham could say, I'm a father of many nations, only because God called him the father of many nations. But this Bible is full of things that belong to you, and you have every right to call these things into your life. Even when it doesn't seem like it, even when it doesn't feel like it, faith speaks words. Because there's the power of life and death in our tongue. And Abraham called those things into existence. Just like God did in the beginning. And it's the same way for us today. We are to live by that principle of faith and speaking words of faith. Because the power of life and death is in our tongue. Let's look at what Jesus said. Mark 11, 22. Talking about the power of your words today. Mark eleven twenty two. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Now, that verse right there, some would say a better translation is, have the faith of God. Now, how is the faith of God released? How is the faith of God released? Through words. So look what he says. Mark eleven twenty three. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that the things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Verse 24. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Let's jump back, back to verse 23. Listen to the bottom part. But believes those things which he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. You know, I'm just going to say it. When we say it, you don't know what I'm going to say. But you just know it's going to be a little edgy if I ask you if I can say it. You know, worldly people don't have a problem with this message about confession. And speaking faith. Because people, like I said, that are in the leadership, success, they get it. They didn't believe the Bible, but they get this. It's just other Christians that are religious, they can't believe that your words matter, have a problem with this message. And they like this thing called no-fault religion. Meaning... I'm not responsible for my own life. Only the sovereign Lord is. So whatever will be, will be. 
And if I talked about a message about your authority and your confession, I would have to own up and change something in my life and stop blaming everything on everybody else and understand death and life is in the power of my tongue. But I don't want to hear a message like that. So they mock us faith people and say, you're part of that confession people. The word of faith people, that blab it and grab it people, that name it and claim it people. But the Bible says that God is that type of person. Now, now hold on. Let's bring this verse back up here. Mark 11, 23. This is red letter. Jesus Same person who is your Savior and your Lord who died on the cross for you. Jesus said this. He said, have the God kind of faith. And he said, but believe those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Jesus said that. Same people that argue, oh, you're part of that blabbing and grabbing. Word of faith. Prosperity preaching. Healing preaching church. Y'all just trying to take, take everything from everybody, think you're in charge of everything. No, Jesus, Je- Jesus, this is a verse, this is a verse. No one made this up, this is a verse, and there's verses like this all over the Bible. No, no, let's be honest here, people. Don't let people talk you out of your faith. Don't let people talk you out of con- your confession, because we're believing something that is right out of your Bible. And Jesus said, you will have Whatever you say. Because why? That's the God kind of faith. That's the God kind of faith. So we need to believe this and receive this that Jesus said. Have that kind of God kind of faith that God had in the beginning in Genesis. Have that God kind of faith that Abraham had. You can have that. And Jesus said, you need to speak to the mountain. You need to speak to circumstances and call those things into existence. And you can have whatever you say. We're going to end with this, James 3. James 3, still talking about the power of your words. There's just so many great verses. There's so much power and authority in your words. You know, every time I hear messages about confession, I always get like two different feelings at the same time. It's like, one is, I'm absolutely blowing it in this area. Y'all can laugh, because we're all in the same boat here. (laughs) It's like, I hadn't heard about confession in a long time. So my mouth has got a little sloppy. Have we all been there? And so you hear a message about confession, you're like, wow, I am way off. What happened here? Not in a con- condemning way, but just like a convicting way, like, whew, I need to straighten up. But then the next part is super encouraging because I feel refreshed and like somebody got me right back on the right track again. Like, thank you for that correction because my words have been against me and I didn't even realize it. I've been speaking death. And I haven't even been connecting the two. 
So there's so much power in your words. So James 3 and verse 2, we're going to kind of go verse by verse. And the passion says, we all fail in many areas. Isn't this what I just said? (laughs) What does it say? But especially with our words, guilty. But notice what the encouraging part is. Yet, if we're able to bridle the words we say, we are powerful enough to control ourselves in every way. And that means our character is mature and fully developed. Let's stop there. So James is writing to this church. He's a pastor. He's got a pastor's heart. He said what I just said. He's talking to this church. He's guys. Guys, you know, there's power and authority in your words, but we're all blowing it at times with this. But if you can get this, you can control your body. You can control your mind. You can control yourself just by the words you say. There's that much power and authority in your mouth. Let's go to the next verse. Horses have bits and bridles in their mouths so that we can control and guide their large bodies. And the same with mighty ships. Though they are massive and driven by fierce winds, yet they are steered by a tiny rudder at the direction of the person at the helm. And so the tongue is a small part of the body, yet carries great power. Just think of how a small flame can set a huge forest ablaze. But I want to talk about those examples he gave. It's all talking about the power of your words in this passage in James. He says that if you can control your mouth, you can control your body. Let's just stop there since let's just step on everybody's toes and get really awkward here. Many of us are complaining, this is going to hurt for me too, about how we can't eat right. Yeah, I told you it was going to hurt. How we can't get healthier, but we don't talk right in that area. And God said, if you can get control of your mouth, you can get control of your body. Or maybe you're saying this, well, I hate healthy food. Okay, your words are working for you. If you keep saying, I love Mickey D's and hate healthy food, there's power and authority in your words. Now, say with me. Now, this is a verse. I'm trying to help you people because I want you as your pastor to be healthy. I didn't say you had to be skinny. I just said you need to be healthy. <laughs> But there's power in your words to control your body. Exercise. Some of you say, I hate exercise. I can't exercise. I don't like to exercise. There's power in your words. Come on now. We can't just talk about it on certain subjects. There's power in your words. And it says if you can control your mouth, you can control your whole body. You need to start speaking something different about it. Let me take it a step further. What about certain people in here that are struggling with addiction? Cigarettes or alcohol or 
pain pills or pornography. All has to do with your body. If you can control your mouth, you can control your body. What are you speaking over your body? What are you speaking over yourself? You can't just turn it by your willpower. You can't just turn it by 12 steps of freedom classes. You got to turn it in your mouth. So I'm really struggling in this area, and I don't want to keep doing it because it's destroying my life. The Bible says if you can control your mouth, you can control your body. And God doesn't want you doing self-destructive things to yourself, but it will never turn until you get a hold of your mouth. What are you speaking over your addictions? What are you speaking over your eating? What are you speaking over your exercise? What are you speaking over yourself? If you can control your mouth, you can control your body. That's what it said in verse 2. Now stay with me a little bit. I know it's 53 minutes. We're about to close. I believe you guys are going to get some help. What do you speak about your body in a negative way? I'm ugly, I'm fat, too skinny, too fat, too bony, too this, too that. That's not God. That's not God. If you can control your mouth, you can control your body. If you can control your mouth, you can control your mind and your thoughts. Once again, what does it say in Proverbs? For either death or life. Are you speaking death over your body or life? Are you speaking death over your mind or life? Are you speaking death or life? Because if you control your mouth, you can control your body. But then he gives two word pictures to explain what he's saying. He says, that the tongue, even though it's small and seemingly insignificant, it has so much power. Just like you can take a massive horse and put a little tiny bit and bridle in their mouth, but you can turn it whatever way you want to and set the course by that little tiny thing. He's saying if you can do that in the natural, that's what your tongue is like for your life. He, he uses another example about a massive ship, a big cruise liner that's huge. There's a tiny rudder compared to the rest of the ship, just like your tongue. It's tiny compared to everything else. But if that little rudder turns a certain way, it has the power to change the course. It has the power, come on now, to change the direction. Even though the bridle is small, it has power to change the horse's momentum and direction and course. Even though the rudder is small, it has the power to change the ship's direction and course for life or for death. So is the tongue. 
Here's the good news today. You can change the direction you're going. (laughs) You don't have to be stuck. You're only as stuck as the way you're talking. The good news is just like you can turn the horse with the bit and you can turn the rudder on the ship, you can turn your life with your tongue because there's power in your words. Death and life is in the power of your tongue. And if you guard your tongue, you guard your life. If you control your tongue, you can control your life. And the Bible says you can change the direction and course of your life just like the horse and just like the ship by the tongue. And even though it's small and it seems insignificant, and sometimes your words seem small and insignificant compared to what you're going through, but they're not. They're more powerful than anything. And you can change course. That's good news today. That's good news today. We're not stuck. You're not stuck. You say, well, my life is heading in the wrong direction, and it doesn't seem like it's stopping. you got to change the course with your mouth. And you can do it. It might take a little bit of time, but you can do it. My, my life is not heading in the right direction, Pastor. Okay, you can change course by your mouth. Because there's power and authority in your tongue. You're not stuck. You're not stuck. Many Christians are like on a ship with no one grabbing the steering wheel. (laughs) And it's like, my life's going in the wrong direction. (laughs) I'm on the wrong course. It's not going right. Things aren't happening right. I don't like where I'm at. Grab the steering wheel. Hear me, church family. Grab the steering wheel. Stop living your life with your hands up on the boat like I have no choice in this. You're not on a sailboat. You're on a boat with a rudder. And you have power and authority to grab the steering wheel and turn it a different direction. And turn your course and turn your life and turn your family around. And turn your marriage around and turn your kids around and turn your health around and turn your mind around and turn your future around because there's power in your words. I can't say anything more than I've said today. Did you guys get anything this morning? There is power and authority in your words. You have God-given rights and authority as his child to speak, and things will change. To speak, because that's our faith. Our faith is released through words. Did you guys get something today? Well, I love you today. I appreciate you listening. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for your word. It's alive. It's full of power. It's able to change us. Father, we we commit today that we're going to speak life and not death. We're going to speak faith and not fear. And we realize today that there's power and authority 
in our words, in our tongue. Father, help us to guard our mouth so we can guard our life. I pray for people in here that have felt stuck for a long time, that they're getting unstuck. That, that God, through the, their mouth and their words, their course is changing today. Their direction is changing today. And we're heading in the right direction because of our words. Father, convict us. Help us to speak words of life. Help us when we speak wrong things to be quick to repent. Quick to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for this God-given ability to speak to things. That you made us a speaking spirit. You gave us power in our words. Father, we love you. We thank you again for today. I bless your people as they go. I speak life over them today. I speak health over them today. Peace and joy and prosperity. We thank you that your angels protect us. I speak favor over them and blessings upon them. And I thank you, Father, that we are a blessed people. We are a victorious people. And we receive that today. We thank you for all you're doing in this place. And we dismiss your people in Jesus' name. Amen.